0: Yeah, sweet. Wow. All right. Y'all shut up. Shut up, really. Y'all be quiet. Okay. Hey, we're going to read the word to start. Hey, if you love Jesus, will you make some noise real quick after I told you to shut up? (laughs) Yes. All right, we're going to be in Second uh, Samuel tonight. I want to read to you the text that we're going to begin. If you get a Bible, you can read it, or it will be on the screen. Second Samuel, chapter eighteen, verse five uh, through fifteen. We're going to read through uh, nine at the beginning. All right. The king commanded Joab, Ibishai, and Ittai. Just pause real quick. If you say those three names really fast, you're liable to cuss. Okay, so don't do that. Um, be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. Everybody say, be gentle. And all of the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. David's army marched out of the city to fight Israel, and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. You need to underline that, make note of it. In the forest, it says in verse seven, there Israel's troops were routed, or they were destroyed. They were they were distorted by David's men. And the casualties that day were great. Twenty thousand. Men. Everybody say 20,000. That's a lot of people. The battle spread out all over the whole countryside, and the woods killed more men that day than the sword. It's very important that you remember that tonight. Now, Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding the mule, and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's hair got caught in the tree. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. If you got a flow, you're going to get caught in a tree, okay? It says, he was left hanging in midair while the mule, this reminds me of Shrek, just riding and and kept going. It's just, it's the word. I didn't didn't make it up. So, y'all, tonight is very simple. I have a very simple idea to lay out for you, and and it may be the most simple message you've ever heard. I'm going to come at it from a couple different angles tonight, and and here's the deal, is that the fact is, in this this passage, there's a lot going on. I'm going to explain a lot of that here in a little bit, but what you need to know is that the woods killed more than the sword. The woods killed more men than the sword. Another way to put that is the woods killed more than the battlefield. The soldiers had one purpose that day. It was to be where? On the battlefield. They got a little distracted. Raise your hand if you ever got distracted before. If you got ADHD, you were like, I don't even know what he asked, okay? Like, we get distracted, and and they ended up in the woods. They got caught up in the the woods. The woods killed more men than the sword. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you need to stay out of the woods. Turn to another person and say, I know you've been tripping in the woods, okay? Like, (laughs) You've been tripping over all kinds of roots and branches and vines. Here's what you need to know before we unpack this thing. The woods is the place in your life that you know you need to stay out of. The woods is anything that is distracting you or pulling you away from God's best in your life. I don't know about you, but I want God's best for my life. Anybody else want God's best for your life, especially in 2020, Lord help us, okay? Everybody's got this thing in their life that distracts them, and, and here's the deal is that everybody's struggle looks a little bit different. Everybody's sin looks a little bit different. Their distraction, the temptation that you face is a little different depending on who you are and where you end up on the weekend. All right, we're going we're to talk about that a little bit. It's the dark place that you wander off into, and what you need to know is that the woods can destroy you. The woods, you take a trip into the woods. Some of y'all are like, I'm just going camping for the weekend. (laughs) Be careful in the woods. Now, we are in the wilderness series. I don't want you to get the woods and the wilderness confused. I want to give you the difference between the woods and the wilderness. The woods is where you took you. Ooh. The wilderness is where God wants to take you. The woods is where the enemy traps you. The wilderness is where God wants to test you. The woods is where Satan kills your calling. The wilderness is where God crafts your calling. The woods is where every promise you've ever received from God is broken. The wilderness is where God will walk you through to get you to the promised land. Tonight, it's very simple. You've got to know this. I'm going to say it a hundred times. Stay your butt out of the woods turn to somebody and say stay out of the woods stay out of the woods tonight i have a simple question for you it is this are you in the woods or are you in the wilderness maybe you're on your way taking a trip into the woods maybe you got plans after tonight i remember my back my days back in elevation i got saved in this ministry i would come here and i had plans afterwards you know what i'm saying it was on thursdays and thurs, thirsty thursdays you know it was just It's a real thing, and you know, and I just want you to have a moment with God tonight. I believe he wants to open your heart and speak to you. So I'm going to pray and ask that God would speak to us tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, I pray that every person in this room would have a heart that is just in a posture to receive from you. God, that it would be good soil, that seeds could be planted tonight, that you would water them and allow them to grow. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. amen. Well, hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Seth. And as Justin said, I I can be an idiot sometimes, so just give me a little bit of grace, okay? Uh, Man, I'm so honored to be here tonight. Before I go any further, I just want to say I love your pastors. Y'all give it up for the freeze. They're awesome. They're amazing. I love them. And uh, y'all, Justin is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met, and Emily just keeps them nice and humble, you know, because she's just as funny. So um, I I love them, and man, I, I was so excited when they said that uh that that they wanted me to come and and share with you guys i got saved in this ministry i I surrendered to the call of ministry in this ministry Uh, a lot of firsts happened in this ministry and i met my wife in this ministry can i get a amen you know hey so if you're single in the room raise your hand chill out people okay some of y'all are way too excited about that i met kendra everybody say hey kendra She's not here, but she's here in spirit, okay? She's here, she's at home with our, with our baby boy, Zane, and y'all, I'm gonna show you him in a second, he's awesome. Uh, we met, we started dating, we got engaged and married in 11 months, y'all, I'm just telling you, we were moving quick. We lived six houses away, and the enemy was up to some, okay? So um, we had to move quick, and so uh, anyways, elevation is very special to me. Y'all chill out, y'all are nasty, okay? It's nasty, we, we got two sons. One of them has four legs. His name is Ace. He is a golden retriever, and he is the most beautiful dog on the planet. I don't care what kind of dog you got. It's ugly. All right, I'm just kidding. But Zane is a 16-month-old stud, and if you would throw that first picture up there, this is two of my best friends in the whole wide world. Um, he gets his head from his daddy, okay, and um, my head's been this big my whole life, okay? He'll grow into it, all right? He is amazing. My wife, y'all, is the most amazing woman. If you know Kendra, just kind of wave at me real quick. Like, you know, she is just full of love and grace. And I'm telling you, I I wouldn't have made it this far in ministry if it wasn't for her. I would already be done, okay? I throw that other picture up there. This is me throwing my son up to Jesus because I hope and I pray that he gives his life to the Lord very soon, okay? Because this dude is walking up to outlets and trying to stick his pinky in them, and then he knows it's wrong, and he starts spanking himself. Like, (laughs) I'm like, I can't discipline you. You're disciplining yourself, you know? (laughs) Anyways, my son, y'all, he is so much fun, and we love Zane so much. I'm I'm about to show you a video. Now, what you need to know is that none of you have seen this video. All I post on my social media is mainly my son and my wife because I love them more than anything. My son is mischievous. Some of y'all are like, I can relate, okay? I want you to watch this video, and when you watch it, I want you to think, what is Seth trying to do with this video? Y'all throw that video up there. He, he's touching a balloon buddy it blows the balloons check it out why did you touch it buddy why are you, why are you going over wait for it he's cussing it out by the way why do you keep going back if it scares you, bud? Watch him. Look at him. <laughs> y'all give it up for my son. That's y'all. He's bad, man. I'm just telling you. So some of y'all are watching that video and you're laughing, but this is us. It's like, hey, this thing it, it hurt me. It didn't provide what I thought it was going to provide. And then with well, this, check it out. We, we we run back to the father and we cry for a little bit. We we get comforted and then we go back again. What you don't know is that he did it 25 times. I just had to shorten the video because we don't have time for that, okay? And then he goes back again to the father and then he runs back and he and eventually he just throws himself on the floor. Some of y'all are like, that's where I'm at tonight, okay? You're in a good place to be here tonight. I, I, I came to encourage some of you because I, I was sitting in the back of the room and I was like, when I walked into this ministry for the first time, I, I was broken. I had just woke up from my girlfriend's house. Drinking, drugs, rock and roll. I didn't listen to rock and roll. <laughs> Doing whatever, whenever, because it felt good and it felt right. Let me tell you what feels right now will not feel right later. I'm telling you, if it, oh, if you can get this tonight, I promise you. What Justin said earlier about the key unlocking the door, you'll step into something new. You'll step into it. Tonight, I've got a very simple message. Stay out of the woods. Stay out of the woods. Anybody Anybody hunt in here? We got some good old country bulls, okay? Some of y'all country girls, okay? Anybody that likes to camp? Any Any campers? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> any outdoorsmen or outdoorswomen? women? <laughs> Okay, we've got a couple. Like, this is what you need to know is that I'm kind of a city boy. Um, my wife is from Blyville, And when I went home to ask for the blessing, I had hair down on my shoulders. And I was like, man, I, I feel like I need to cut all my hair off so her parents like me more. And anyways, different story. I, I'm a city boy. Now, I remember my first time going hunting. and And what I didn't know is that uh, I didn't know anything about hunting. Okay, my stepdad was taking me out into the woods. I think he wanted to make me like more of a man, and so I go out there, and, and we go deep into the woods. I get up about thirty foot into a tree. There's a like some kind of stand that attaches, and I feel like I'm gonna die at any minute. And I'm up in this stand. I've got a rifle in my hand that I don't even really know how to use, and I'm like waiting. My stepdad's a couple miles away in a, another field, and, and and I've got a four wheeler, a walkie talkie, and a rifle, and my phone, and I was on Facebook. Okay, and. And I, I remember I was just scrolling for hours, and finally I heard something other than squirrels. And these deer walked out. I don't know what deer noises make. It was like a, you know. And it walks out, and I'm like, "This is my moment." And so, I, me, like, I'm shaking. Okay, it's like my first time, and I and I shot that thing. Y'all give me an amen, okay? Like, but what you don't know is that I got shot. I'm just kidding. I didn't get shot. So, but that gun. I didn't know I had to have a firm grip on it, and that thing busted me in the forehead. And so those of you that know me know I have a, a history with uh, head problems and concussions, and this was one of those, okay? And, and I, I was, I don't really remember much because I was unconscious. I was 30 feet up in the air. My stepdad's across. He hears the gunshot. He gets on the walkie-talkie. Seth, did you kill a deer? No response. Your boy's hanging over the tree stand, okay? bleeding from my face. So he hops on his four-wheeler and rushes across the field and gets to the tree, and he's looking up, and he's like, oh, my God. Seth done shot himself, which is what any of you would be thinking. All he sees is my face is covered in blood. And just so you all know, later on in the day, there was a. I checked my phone, and I had got my phone out while being concussed. There was a selfie video of me just like, duh, you know. It was amazing. I wish I had that to show you. And he's like, Seth, are you okay? Are you alive? Like, I'm gonna answer him. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm dead. You know, like, what am I supposed to say? And I'm just hanging over this tree stand and he's freaking out and he's hollering. He's like, are you okay? And I think about this story, by the way, I ended up being okay. Okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little messed up in the head today. It's, it's a funny story, but it's where a lot of us are. It's like we're out in the woods, we're, we're neck deep into sin. We, we don't have a firm grip on anything. In 2020 today, it's like, I don't even really know how serious heaven and hell is. I don't really know what, what life and death even means. Just a loose grip on whatever, what, whatever seems right. Uh, we, we've got a weapon, it's called the word of God, but how many of you wanna know? I know a lot of Christians that don't have a firm grip on it. It keeps going. We're non-responsive to the people that are yelling into our life saying, hey, are you okay? Are you alive? I'm just telling you guys, we have to recognize what the woods are in our life or it's gonna kill your calling. It's gonna kill your character. The potential that God has placed on the inside of you, the things since you have been born that God put on the inside of you, you can't tap into it if you're in the woods. And so tonight, it's a very simple idea. How do we stay out of the woods? Number one, write this down identify the woods. Well, why would we identify it? Because if you don't identify it, you're gonna keep walking your butt up in the woods. Identify the woods. It says in verse seven, Israel's troops were routed by David's men and the casualties that day were great, 20,000 men. The battle spread out all over the countryside. And the woods killed more men that day than the sword. Identifying the woods means this. It means coming to grip with your sin. It's the, I, re, I remember the day when I was like, I struggle with insecurity i struggle with trusting people because i've been let down my whole life i i remember in college i was i was in this place i remember thinking to myself i struggle with lust and i want to stop but i but i find myself at 11 p.m laying at night clicking on the same stuff i struggle in relationships i don't know how to have a god honoring relationship because i've never seen one and it's the same thing just a different girl for some of you girls, same thing, just a different guy. Oh, listen to me tonight. God wants you to recognize and identify the wood so you don't have to be in it no more. Hebrews 12:1, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses tonight, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. He wants you to run and keep on running. The race that is marked out for you, I didn't run track, I was always a little husky in school, but I, can, I do know this, it's a lot easier to run a race on flat ground than trying to run through the woods. If some of you are trying to run the race that God has set before you, and you're running in the woods, tripping in the woods, falling in the woods, getting hurt over and over. I just think of that video of Zane, and we just keep going back to the same thing. Y'all, you have to ask yourself, what is the woods in my life? Maybe you're in this place and you're like, well, Seth, this is the first time I've dated a non-believer. I'm going to save his life, you know. No, you ain't. That's missionary dating, and it's a recipe for disaster. Well, well Seth, I'm going to go back into the party scene. You just got saved. And I'm going to get all the rest of my friends saved. It's just one drink. It's just two drinks. I, I'm not really tipsy. I, I'm just going to smoke a little bit. I'm just going to do a little bit of that. Yo, know, listen, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my ex. It's 11 p.m., nobody's home, except y'all. Both y'all got a Snuggie on, you know, like. <laughs> but we're on different couches. No, you taking a walk into the woods is what you're doing. Well, well, well I struggle with insecurity in comparison, but I, I find myself every night just looking at Instagram, thinking about how awesome everybody else's life is. Seth, but, but Seth, hold on, hold on. It's not really porn if they have most of their clothes on. Right? It's a trip into the woods. One lie, what one hookup. It's a trip into the woods and I, I see a lot of people, a lot of young people, I, I, I'm a youth pastor and I see a lot of young people that go into the woods and they don't come out. It, and, it, and it breaks my heart, it says in James 1.14, some of you need to get this tonight, temptation is not sin. Will you step up in that temptation, and you act on the thoughts that you have, then sin begins. And so some of you think, well, I'm tempted, I gotta sin. No, 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 Jesus was tempted. He had a different response. It says in James 1, 14, 17, when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. I love this. But each person is tempted when they are drug away. By their own evil desire, they're enticed. Anybody ever been enticed before? Man, Krispy Kreme donuts. Verse 15. <clears throat> then after desire has conceived, this is the steps of sin. It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. Well, Seth, why are you so passionate? Because I'm tired of seeing young people die in the woods. I'm tired of seeing misplaced Christians trying to win the war, and you're in the wrong place. Sin equals Death, and it says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above. Mm. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like everything else in your life. <laughs> God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You need to write this down. Sin over promotes and underdelivers." Sin over promotes and it and it underprovides. I remember in college getting a notification that there was a party in town, and they would make it seem like it was going to be epic. I walk around, I walk in. It's like, it's like four dudes who were like forty-seven and a girl, and I'm like, what is going on? You know, this is not what y'all promoted, right? Sin is the same way. Sin is the same. It, it, it seems so beautiful, then you get in it, and it's like I feel nothing but pain. I, I realize this. It's environment is everything. Environment is everything. What are you surrounded by? What, what do you see around you? What, what do you find yourself in? Y'all listen, I love, I tell our students this all the time: you could take a nine-inch shark, baby shark. Don't please, dear God, don't sing it, okay? And you can put it in a small fish tank and it'll never outgrow its environment. It has full potential of being 12 foot long, but it's never placed in an environment where it can flourish. Some of you have potential. To be who God's called you to be, but you in a little fish tank. Well, you know, Seth, uh, I, I'm, not a, I'm not very good with plants. I always kill them. But it's very simple. They need the, the right what? Nutrition. They, they, need the, they need sun. They need water. They need the right soil. I tell our students all the time, you can either change your environment or be changed by it. You can get boiling hot water. You can drop a potato up in that mug. What happens? It's going to cook it, but what happens? This ain't a trick question. Hot water does what to a potato? Dear God. Okay. um, (laughs) Let's start over. You can can be changed by your environment. (laughs) It's all right, y'all. I had those classes too. Okay. Um, Whoa. A little behind. Okay. So um, when you put a potato in boiling water, what happens is the potato that was once hard becomes soft. An egg. Yes. Dear Lord, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And if you put an egg in boiling water, what happens? Thank you, Jesus, you're wrong again. It gets hard. A boiled egg. Dear Lord. Oh, my God. We need to do cooking class next week. If you put coffee in boiling water, it turns into coffee, and, and the difference is that two were changed by their environment, and one changed the environment. I look at Elevation, and I think of Conway, Arkansas. So y'all are from all over the place. What would happen if you go back home on Christmas break? Can I get an amen that's a little bit earlier than last year, right, okay? You go back home, and you've got a family of non-believers, and you step back in that place, and you're no longer changed by your environment, but you change your environment. Well, what happens when you step into a classroom if that ever happens again and you have a teacher who does not believe in Jesus? They actually talk about how dumb church is. You change the environment. You're in a circle of friends and they're lost in the woods and you just got out of the woods. You can change the environment. You have a choice. I believe believe that. I was praying for you guys this week and I started thinking about how many young people believe they can't change anything because of the world around them. Let me tell you guys, When you're in the wrong environment, it can destroy your life. Just a fun fact if you, like any of y'all in this room, would get beat up by a blind man, okay? I'm not trying to roast you. All he's got to do is turn the lights off. And now you're on his turf. It's pitch black, you don't know what to do. He's like, I'm used to this, I'm not even trying to be funny. And some of y'all walk into the woods and wonder why it's so hard to thrive in your relationship with God, because you're on his turf and the lights are off. And it's hard to win a fight when you ain't ready to fight. It's hard to win a fight when you don't have a grip on the word of God. And it's like, I don't even really know. I just know that Jesus saved me, that he loves me. Can I tell you that the enemy wants to destroy your calling? He wants to destroy what God is doing in your life. I know a lot of people, that end up in the woods. And, and I know this is true. The enemy comes dressed like everything you think that you need. I always tell people, before you find your boo thing and your shoddy, your bestie for the resties, there will be a counterfeit. And when he or she walks into your life, it's like, oh, my God, Becky. You know, I don't, I'm sorry if anybody's Becky. I don't know. He is just, she is just a counterfeit, that job promotion that's going to take you away from everything that you know you're supposed to be planted in. I'm just telling you, the enemy will come in like everything you think that you ever needed. Y'all, sin doesn't come in looking like a crusty old lady or a crusty old man. As a kid, I remember hearing these nursery rhymes and these stories. Y'all, Little Red Riding Hood is a messed up story. Y'all ever heard that? Raise your hand if you know what Little Red Riding Hood is. She was from the hood. Okay, so like, I'm kidding. Little Red Riding Hood had a very simple mission. Her mother said, hey, grandma is sick. You need to go to her house and bring her food. You're going to go through the woods. But don't talk to strangers, and the woods are dangerous. So Little Red Riding Hood, as ignorant as possible, she had one job, and she screwed it up. Little Red Riding Hood, she's going through the woods, and she saw some flowers. And she was like, I'm gonna pick a flower. Got distracted. And the wolf comes out and he's like, hello, little girl. I don't know what he said. And she was like, hey, don't take candy from strangers. And she gets these flowers and and the wolf's like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to grandma's house to give her food. She's sick. And the wolf is like, I'm gonna go ahead. The wolf goes ahead and eats grandma what the heck kind of child story is this? Like, then he puts on her clothes. It's like 2020. I'm just like, what is going on? And then he, listen, stay with me. He crawls up in her bed, pulls the covers up to his neck. And Little Red Riding Hood comes in. She's like, come in. <laughs> That's better. And Little Red Riding Hood comes in. She's like, Grandma, you sound different than I remembered. <laughs> and the wolf is like, come closer so you can hear my voice, my precious. <laughs> I don't know. And then she gets closer, and y'all, gets, it's crazy. I, I'm not making this up. The wolf said, come closer. Little Red Riding Hood got closer. She's like, oh, what big ears you have. <laughs> so I'm trying to be serious. I can't. And the wolf is like, so I can hear you. Oh, so better. Then she gets closer. She's like, oh, what big eyes you have. And the wolf is like, so I can see you, my precious. And then she gets even closer. She's like, oh, what big teeth do you have, grandma? And the wolf says, so I can eat your dumb butt. And he ate her, okay? He didn't say that, but it was something. He ate the girl. She screams, she's running, and the wolf grabs her. And it says that a lumberjack close by runs into the room, grabs the wolf by the ankles and begins to shake him. And the, the lady falls out and Little Red Riding Hood fall out. I'm like... This is not like a, this is so stupid. Like, what a dumb ending of a story, you know? And then I'm, I'm dumb. I mixed in the three little pigs with that one. I was like, I don't know the difference, you know? This is the thing is that some of you in this room tonight, you have gotten so familiar. You have gotten so familiar with the wolf that you don't even remember what grandma looks like. Some of you in this room have gotten so familiar with the enemy, you forgot what God looks like. Some of you have gotten so mixed up in the woods, knocked down in the woods that you forgot what your calling looks like. You forgot that God said, hey, I created you with a purpose. You actually can win against the devil. That's why I died on the cross. But we go back into the woods, just waiting to be destroyed. The last thing that you guys need to write down is, number two, illuminate, not illuminate, illuminati. Illuminate the woods, it's everywhere. This is what you need to know is that you can't move on with the rest of your life until you confess to God, hey, I'm broken, I am a sinner, and I need you. I'm gonna spoil it for some of you. Some of you are like, Seth, I could do this on my own. Let me tell you, it ain't gonna work. I tried. And after you confess to God, the best thing you can do in your life is get in a life group. Tell some people around you, get some accountability. It says in Ephesians 5.13, everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. James five sixteen. confess your sins to each other. You can be healed. I know a lot of Christians that are forgiven, but they're not healed because you haven't told anybody what has happened to you in your life. When I look into 2020 and I look into the church and, and young believers, I see a lot of people that get out of the woods, they give their life to Jesus, and then they turn around and look into the woods and they judge everybody else that was with them in the woods. I see a lot of young people who get, they're like social media warriors. But when it comes time to fight in real life, you ain't got nothing to say about God. I'm just telling you, it takes one person in the woods to say, hey, there's a way out. His name's Jesus. The rest of y'all trying to come? And when you get out, if you beat your friends out of the wood, you know what your responsibility is? It ain't to tell them all the facts. It ain't to tell them all the truth. It's for you to love them and to serve them. And maybe, just maybe, one day they'll want to know what's on the inside of you and you get to tell them. You try to do it the other way, right? You're wrong. Oh, you are so wrong for doing that. Judgment, judgment, judgment. The Bible talks about those people. They're called Pharisees. They know the word, but nobody knows they know the word because their life looks nothing Like Jesus, I I came to Conway and I was playing ball. I was at CBC. I was at a private Baptist school. I love CBC. It's an awesome place. But I was around a lot of believers who knew the word, but they didn't show me what they knew. They would sit around and argue and debate. And I was like, I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't want nothing to do with what this Christianity looks like. I want to ask you tonight, what is your life showing the people around you? Some of you in this room tonight, maybe you you are lost and you were like, Seth, I'm trying to figure this out. I haven't put faith in Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, tonight is the, this is the best time to do it. I saw a fire tornado the other day. What? Fire is breaking out across the country. The most racial tension we've ever experienced personally. I'm looking around and I'm like, where is God? Where is God? When is God going to intervene? Can I tell you tonight, Elevation? You are the church. Stop looking into a building and getting mad because people aren't doing something and you do something. Hear me tonight. Don't be the person that's got God. I love Jesus in a verse in your, in your bio, but your life says nothing about him. It was the thing that turned me away from God. What would happen tonight if we, started talking to God about our struggles and talking to people, I remember I was addicted, man. I was drinking every night, I, I was I was popping pills. I remember I was getting Adderall from my friends so I could not even study, just stay awake, very awake. I was addicted. Pornography, addicted. Sex before marriage, unhealthy relationships, addicted. Go down the list. I was in a relationship, plural, and none of them honored God. I remember I, I, I have a learning disability, by the way. I can't read very well. I write all my letters and numbers backwards. And I remember thinking I'm too stupid to ever make a difference for God. The enemy knew if I could make him not feel confident with his words, he'll never stand up for Jesus. He'll never stand up for anybody else or himself. Some of you heard my story. My dad was in prison my whole life. I grew up in a very abusive relationship with him. And I used to think I don't want a heavenly father because my earthly father has hurt me. And I gave my life to Jesus at the stand retreat that Elevation does. And the next day my dad was released from prison. The biggest test of faith in my whole life. Y'all wanna know what changed my life? When I confess to God that I need you and I confess to the people around me that I'm I'm messed up from the chest up. Like I'm jacked up, I still am. I desperately need God. I, I believe I'm in a room with some people that desperately need God tonight. You need God, it says in 1 Peter, to be alert, to be of sober mind. It says that the enemy prowls around like a a lion that's trying to destroy, destroy you. Lions can detect when they're around weakness. They go for people who are in isolation. If you wanna know why you keep getting attacked, it may be because you're alone in the fight. You don't have to be alone. I'm gonna end with this, that Eskimos, interesting. They hunt for wolves in a very unique way. Instead of going and looking for the wolves, they actually get a big knife. I was going to bring one, but I didn't want people to think I was weird. They, they bury it into the the snow and the ice and they kill a seal and they, they freeze seal's blood around this blade. And it becomes a big seal's blood popsicle. When the wolf walks up, it's like, this is everything I've dreamed of, you know? And they begin licking this, this seal's blood popsicle and what happens is the wolves are such a frenzy, they actually get the taste of the seal's blood confused with the taste of their own blood. They begin licking this sword, there's no more seal's blood anywhere and they, and they die themselves. Suicide. Some of you in this room, you've thought about it. You've thought about, I have no purpose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my life. The enemy has got you so confused with who you are and who you're not, that you're thinking about ending it. And if that, y'all look at me right now, if that is you in this room, do not leave this place tonight without talking to somebody. God wants to heal you. I pray, And you're not alone. You're not alone. These wolves, they begin falling down one by one. This is what I know is that the enemy is showing you everything but the blade. So across the room, if you would bow your heads.